In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet holding championship gold in three promotions right now. I'm not going to tell you which three. I am your host, Detective Marks Marks, and I'm joined, as always, by my partners in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? The three are Spotify, uh, Anchor, and Piddly Little Podcast Platform from South Carolina. It's very odd. Yeah. And and we can't forget iTunes South Korea on January 4th. iTunes South Korea, January 4th. Best in the world. Well, South Korea, January 4th. Number one. Number one. Wrestling. Uh, also joining us uh, from up north, RCMP JLB. What's going on, man? How are you? Hey, hey. Going good. Going good. You know, uh, just saw Impact, or rather Rebellion, I guess. Uh, I guess I can't complain since it was predictable. So, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm very... Uh, very in a predictable place right now. So um, I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this, and of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows on the network there. Do it. Do it. So we'll just go ahead and get into the crimes this week. Uh, JLB um, so uh, easily mentioned the Impact Wrestling um, pay-per-view that just got over. I know uh, DA Fabe didn't get to watch it. I didn't get to watch all of it, but I got to watch the one that mattered, the main event. Um, And so I'm going to start off with crime number one. It's uh, I'm charging AEW Impact, but I'm not entirely sure what to charge um, part of me wants to charge them with being predictable with that main event. And part of me wants to charge them with with at least doing something to shake up the system, right? So so um, if you haven't heard, by the time this is out, everyone should know. But if you haven't watched uh, uh, whatever it was called, Revolution or... Rebellion. Rebellion. That's it. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, spoiler alert coming out. Uh, AEW World Heavyweight Champion Kenny Omega is now also the Impact World Champion. And I guess the TNA Champion, although they're technically. Um, and so um, so I, I don't know, because like I'm torn on this. To me, it was really a predictable ending to it. It was a good match. I'm not trying to take anything away from the match, but at no point during it did I think Rich Swan was actually going to win. Um, and I, I guess I'll put that out to, to the other two people on this. Uh, did either of you ever, and I know, DFA, you didn't watch it, but going into it, did you think Rich Swan had a chance of winning? No, I didn't. I, I mean, Kenny Omega's the cell. Um, Kenny Omega's the person who brings the attention. Now, that's... And, and the concept of, of crossing over the titles brings the attention. Now, the big piece to that is having him lose that on an AEW pay-per-view with higher viewership um, to an impact wrestler to to bring up somebody else. We haven't cough, seen cough, a lot cough, of... Cough, cough, cough. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of crossover um, from Impact to AEW, and I think this, it looks, 
So initially it looked like Impact taking over AEW in this storyline um, by by stealing the title from Moxley, you know, type setup. Um, right now we're in the phase of it that is uh, Kenny Omega trying to drape himself in gold, not to steal somebody else's story or somebody else's uh, concept. Um, I, I think the next move, I think... I like this for the logical pr- progression that it, that it's that this is obviously bringing. I don't know that Tony Khan is buying Impact. I'm not sold on that concept yet. But this is being brought to elevate both brands, and I think that it's going to do that. The chances that either of you two would have gone out and found a way to watch that match, and I'm gonna just leave it at that because we don't we don't commit crimes here. So we wait a snitch. I mean, just not assuming I went to Twitch and bought the pay-per-view. Jeez. I didn't know that there was it was on Twitch. I'm saying we don't commit crimes, so you guys found a way to watch it, whether you spent money or didn't. I don't know. Plausible (laughs) deniability. (laughs) So by this plausible deniability, both of you found a way to watch it, and you wouldn't have had there not been this match. That is a piece to this puzzle. I think it really, really sells Impact right now. I've watched more Impact than I used to. Um, JLB, I know you, Smarks, you were a big fan of Impact before, but there's not a chance in Hades you'd have gone out and found the paper. Um, and for that reason, I have to assume this is working, regardless of whether it was predictable or not. And until this, until this partnership fails... I don't know that that's a that's a negative crime. That might be a positive. Well, that's kind of my my thoughts is like that's why I'm torn is because the the finish was predictable. I I don't think anyone out there if you come across if if one of you listening is like I was shocked that Kenny Omega won, let us know. But I feel pretty much any fan with half a brain who watching was pretty certain Kenny Omega was going to win before the match even started. And yeah, they told the story and they t- tried to make it look like Rich Swan was going to win quite a few times and they did their absolute best. But like you said, uh, Kenny Omega is the draw. Kenny Omega is the sell there, right? People tuned in to watch Kenny Omega to watch him win. People will tune in on an impact or an AEW dynamite or whatever to watch someone come and challenge him for it, to try to take it back. Um, in the end, this is about bringing eyes to both uh, sides. And so that's why I, I'm torn. I don't want to be negative, too negative on it because it was predictable because it is doing something big. It's doing something very important. By For the first time in modern wrestling, there is legitimate crossover between some of the major brands in America. Multiple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, not just two. Yeah, not just two. Because you've got uh, the NWA women's champion uh, is a AEW signed wrestler. Um, and the NW, the former NWA women's champion, um, an NWA signed wrestler, has been wrestling regularly on AEW. So, um, so you've got that there. And then the, the Forbidden Door with New Japan is open. And so we're seeing the occasional appearance from someone New Japan and probably more as the world starts to open up as vaccines get rolled out more and and all of that. So um 
So we'll probably see more. And, and that's important because it's something that since the 90s has not happened, really. Like there was a time in the 2000s when Impact and New Japan worked together, but they didn't play it off as a crossover. They played it off as enhancement talent. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they got Kazuchika Okada to come over here and they gave him a whole new gimmick and it sucked. Right. They jobbed him out. And jobbed him out, yes. Um, whereas this is legitimately allowing all of the promotions to look like big name promotions um and try to build them all up. Because that's what's gonna happen. Like you said, someone's gonna come probably onto Dynamite, um, and maybe at the next at, at double or nothing, uh, will challenge Kenny Omega for the world title. Uh, to try to win back the impact world. Well, um, and, and we may very well see a Kurt Angle impact or Kurt Angle and TNA angle here, um, where where okay, you want to hold three titles, you got to defend three titles. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. Um, I I don't know that he'll have to defend his is what's the the junior heavyweight triple A, right? Uh, it's the mega champion. It's their top t- title. Mega champion. Okay. But, so, but yeah, I mean, he's had to defend that on 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 AAA events. He's defended it on, I think, Dynamite once or twice. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that they'll have him, and maybe they will. Maybe they'll use that pay-per-view to have him, you know, defend in two out of three and be so exhausted by the third one that now we're going to elevate this third brand. And, and I, don't know, I don't know which brand that'll be. It may be AAA, you know, so... And I honestly think maybe this is where the TNA gets brought into AEW. The first batch was, hey, AEW is going to go to TNA, kind of give stuff there. And now more TNA guys. Uh, I don't know why they need Rich Swan to just go to Dynamite and uh, get a name for himself, too. Because I think that would at least help Rich Swan a heck of a lot to get more over um, with other viewers and so on and so forth. Uh, but I think this is where we're going to see more TNA guys, such as Rich Swan, come over to Dynamite, and uh, that's where their partnership is going to be. Right now, it's really been one-sided, I feel. Kenny Omega goes to TNA. TNA promotes the hell out of AEW. AEW doesn't really do much on the TNA side, aside from, I guess, bringing Gallows and Anderson. Uh, but not much else is really done on the Dynamite taping side. So wow. now that... no. No, it's, I just I said wow because I just realized Kenny Omega has been AAA Mega Champion for like five hundred and fifty three plus days. Okay, not two years, but almost. Not yeah. quite, but yeah, geez, that's longer than I actually thought it was. Anyways, go on. Sorry. Uh, so <clears throat> that's thanks for ruining my train of thought. Um, but yeah, so now I think this is where we're gonna see a lot more Impact guys over at AEW now that. <laughs> is the champion we're obviously going to see omega back at uh impact but i think impact is now going to disrupt dynamite just a tad bit more um at least i hope for impact space now impact has been looking like trash yeah i mean i think that's where to to go into da fabe's um concept i i don't believe Tony Khan is going to buy Impact either. I don't think that's the storyline they're telling. Um, and I think the evidence of that has been um, that Impact is rarely mentioned on Dynamite. But Dynamite and AEW is always mentioned on Impact, right? And I think if the storyline they were telling was Tony Khan's going to buy Impact, 
they would have that be the storyline they talk about on Dynamite Week. They'd be like, Tony Khan was on Impact yesterday. Tony Khan really likes Impact, you know, and they'd they'd be doing that. So I think Impact staying staying its own company. I think uh, AEW. I think they're just doing this partnership back and forth. But again, partnerships are about building up both sides, right? So in this case, right now, uh, AEW looks awesome. Uh, Kenny Omega looks awesome for coming in and beating up and winning the championship, all of this stuff. But the payoff to it is going to be when someone from Impact comes in, comes on to AEW, uh, probably at an AEW pay-per-view, and and is able to win it back from from Kenny Omega there. And that's going to help elevate Impact. Or you, you have someone from New Japan come and win it. And, you know, someone from New Japan wins it from Kenny Omega, and then someone from Impact challenges New Japan for it, or whatever, you know? But that's, you start that's having the, these titles roll around through different promotions. You can get some really entertaining stuff here. <laughs> I will point out that right now, um, the Impact World Tag Champions are also held by people who are not signed to Impact Wrestling. Um, Finn Juice, which is Finn Robin, uh, Dave Finley, um, and Juice Robinson, um, uh, which which is really kind of kind of important to at least think about is that. Hey, um, the two major men's titles in Impact are not held by Impact wrestlers right now. So obviously the story that they're going to be telling is an overcoming story in the end. That they overcome it all and are able to come back and, you know, eventually be the man again. Yeah, I mean, then that would make complete sense. But when do they do it? Do they do that like AEW's big event? Do they do it at, I don't know, I guess Impact's big event to put it into home ground? Or do they showcase it at one of their huge, uh, at, at another Federation's huge event, I guess? I could very easily see it showing up, seeing this all po- pointing towards the G1 Summit. Very easy. Potentially, yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, it could be leading to. To be perfectly honest, it could be leading to a major three-way pay-per-view, right? It, I mean, we don't be, know at the moment. I mean, we might be staring down a Will Ospreay versus versus Kenny Omega, all the the world's gold, you know, type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, um, and get into it too. You know, I uh, mean, Suzuki Okada in in that. I mean, you could, you really, really could get, you could get the star power only in with with work rate wrestlers that WCW had in '98. I hate saying it that way because it was all WCW, but you think about the star power that was in WCW at the time, um, which is why they, you know, 83 weeks, nearly two years. Um, but this is all work rate people. And uh, this could be, this could be really interesting, really, really entertaining. The The scarier part to this, I think is that the big dog in the market right now, is still WWE and, if you've watched WWE since uh, WrestleMania week, uh, barring NXT, nothing's really been all that exciting. I mean, we are on the road to WrestleMania backlash. But <laughs> so, so, and a side note: Do you think WWE is going to just tack WrestleMania onto all of their um, from now on? <laughs> this is WrestleMania SummerSlam. Yeah, this is or- WrestleMania Survivor Series. Or are they going to just have the big four and then there's going to be so WrestleMania, WrestleMania Backlash, 
gimmick pay-per-view money in the bank obviously then we go into SummerSlam, SummerSlam backlash gimmick pay-per-view survivor series survivor series backlash gimmick pay-per-view royal rumble royal rumble backlash gimmick pay-per-view i don't know i think uh wwe <laughs> wrestlemania hell in a cell coming up. <laughs> wrestlemania money in the bank so anyways, back back to the crime. I I just that's why I'm torn. Like the the finish of the Rich Swan versus Kenny Omega match deserves to be at least at least held up as predictable because it was like I I don't know anyone who didn't see that coming. And and here's the deal is and I don't want to to dog Rich Swan because Rich Swan is a great wrestler. I get it, but he's just not to Kenny Omega's level. And I probably would have at least bought the concept of the impact person winning more if it had been Moose. Um, Especially the sphere out of nowhere. Yeah. If it had been Moose versus Kenny Omega, I would have gone into this thinking, well, I think there's a chance Moose takes it. Well, you know, I, I, Kenny's I the. I think that's part of the talent sell there. Because remember, Rich Swan beat Moose. So if you start having a three way you know, title exchange for that title where Kenny Omega has Rich Swan's number, but Moose has Kenny Omega's number and Rich Swan has Moose's number on a pretty regular basis. Sure. You can throw Sammy Callahan in on occasion. You might even throw Mox in. You might even throw, um, I don't know. It's a really good opportunity to put gold on Cody again. He can't hold the AEW championship, but he can't hold the impact champion world champion. So, the these opportunities, this this overflow um, of, of of what I think was a poorly told storyline once upon a time in in eliminating Cody from title holding um, may suddenly be a two to three year storyline where now Cody can hold the title. You know, um, I think there's a lot. That I think. I think we've scratched the surface of what this storyline may be. And I, for that reason, I think it's a, it's a, it's a plus. It's not like putting gold on Roman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's the deal is I, and that's why I'm so torn on it. Like I, I 100% believe that we need to give them crap for it being predictable. But at the same point of, from a standpoint of what they're doing, with the crossover and all of that stuff, we do also have to commend them for it and loud it, right? Um, because it is something big. And and that's why I'm so torn on on how to feel on it. But I, I did want it to be our first segment because it is something that fresh happened right before we went live on recording. Uh, yeah. You know, and so it's fresh in our heads and it's, it's a big something to talk about. Um, and I guess we'll see how they respond to it this week. When Kenny Omega comes out on Dynamite um, with all technically four belts now, um, you know, how, how they play it out from there. And and frankly, you know, do we see Moose come out and challenge now? Does he show up on Dynamite to say, I'm here to win that back for our impact? Um, he certainly Yeah, because remember, there, his story has been told since before. Um, the invasion angle, the, the cooperative angle, whatever you want to call it, this angle that we don't really, you can't really name it yet because we don't know enough about it yet. Um, but his story has been, I'm an impact. I'm a TNA guy. Um, he's, he's, 
his behavior model for his storyline has been very Tommy Dreamer in in uh, ECW. I am an ECW guy. Um, that that does build for an immediate challenge. It also builds for uh, hey Moose, you want to go after that guy in the elite? You have to go through these members of the elite and have him. You know, then you're building a a guy on your promotion on a different promotion by having him beat some people that are widely considered exceptional. You don't have him beat both the Young Bucks. That's a horrible decision. But you could have him beat Matt Jackson one week and Nick Jackson the next. You could have him beat Gallows and then Anderson. You could have him beat Cody. Um, You could have him beat these people en route to get to Kenny Omega. I do want to also point out that nobody's throwing a fit about Kenny Omega being an executive and holding all this gold because he's that damn good. Yeah, I mean, you see a Snapdragon suplex out of Kenny Omega, you're like, well, fuck, I don't want to fight him. <laughs> yeah, or that um, uh, electric chair to German suplex that he does. Yeah, yeah. That's sick move. Yeah, I am fine with not fighting him. That's so. That's the, that's kind of where I'm at on it. Like, I I want to applaud them, but I also want to give them a little bit of crap on this. Um. Now, again, a lot of it's going to come down to where they go from. This has the potential to be to the moon. Awesome. It also has the potential to fall flat on its face if they don't follow it up properly. You know, um, they they have to do something. They have to make a big deal about it. And that's where I guess synonymously um, synonymously. Yes, there we go. I, I would laud them for one thing in particular, and that's no schmoz finish. It would be very easy going into this agreement um, to behave WWE-esque here um, and have a a disqualification so no titles change hands, um, you know, and, and create new feuds and all that stuff. I, I have to laud them for not doing that, for having a clean win occur, so... Even though they set up for an odd clean win. I mean, they set up for the two referees and all that. I assume it was a clean win. Yes. One right. wing and Angel. And which yeah. referee called it? Was it Aubrey? Uh, no, Impact. Brian Hepner. Impact. Yeah, Brian Hepner. Yep. Okay. Um, Aubrey Edwards was involved very, very brief. Very brief. So uh, there was a ref bump spot. Um, it happened. Rich Swan does this springboard cutter that he likes to do. Um, and he went to do that. And Kenny Omega stepped out of the way and pulled Brian Hebner in the way. So okay. Rich Swan accidentally hit a cutter on the referee. So while that referee was down, uh, Aubrey Edwards came into the ring first to check on him and then to take over for a bit. During the time that Aubrey Edwards was checking on uh, the referee, Kenny Omega grabbed a chair and was getting ready to kabong Rich Swan with the chair. Aubrey Edwards got up and saw him and took the chair away from him, stopping him from using the chair. And basically was like, I would disqualify you if you did that. And of course he threw a little bit of a fit for a bit. And then Rich Swan was able, this told the story, Rich Swan was able to get back into the match a bit for it. But very shortly thereafter, Brian Hebner was back up and around again and called the rest of the match. So the other, the other piece I think that's really interesting to this is that we don't have anything like a champion's advantage while this is going on. Um, in fact, I, th- I think the smart move here is to not have a champion's advantage for these title changes, but to have a home field advantage so that if there's a DQ, it benefits, benefits whomever's on their home field. I don't know. That's an option. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, what a, what a fucked up way to get a title, but no, come fight on my show. We'll do the title match, and then I'll just make sure that you get DQ'd by having Sammy Callahan come out and punch me in the face. That's and it. Now, yeah. And now I get the title. Or it doesn't have to be Sammy Callahan. It's just an obvious choice to be a fuckhead. <laughs> Nothing against you, Sammy. You sell a great bill of goods. You're one of the best fuckheads in the game. Yeah, fuckhead. <laughs> um, and Sammy, just so you know, uh, that was D.A. Vincent K. Fabe who said you were a fuckhead. Um, I mean, you did say yeah, fuckhead. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was just uh, Officer, reiterating. Officer Marks, Marks, his legal name is Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S, Smarks, S-M-A-R-K-S. <laughs> My middle his name legal, is Buff. Legal stage Buff. name. <laughs> yeah, my middle name is Buff Bagwell. So I Marcus Buff Bagwell Smart. <laughs> Marcus Alexander Buff Bagwell Smart. <laughs> Poor Buff Bagwell. Jeez, he's already having enough time. Poor, hard time as it is. Poor Buff Bagwell. I mean, he does get paid, but he still has to have sex with people who probably uh, don't want to. I I don't know from what I've seen recently. I don't know how much he even of that anymore. Um, he, his life must be very, very interesting. He posted a cameo not too long ago that he looked absolutely beat the fuck up. And I mean that from the literal standpoint, like his face looked like he'd got hit by a car. Um, and he was very obviously not in the most right mindset at the time when he did What? So, but anyways, so we'll go ahead and move on to crime number two. Who's got the next one? Okay. I guess it's me. Um, so I am going to shy a little bit away from that storyline, mostly because I haven't watched anything tonight on it. Um, and I, I, I was very tempted to do almost a fantasy booking S thing as I will be gone for a couple weeks here. Um, but I'm not gonna, I'm going to go after a crime and I'm going to go after, whoa, when are we going to tell a story, any story on WWE that makes any fucking sense at all. That's it. That's yeah. the whole thing. It's the whole fucking thing. Like, I don't even get where we're going with backlash with Roman. Like, where, 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 where are we headed? It's like right around the corner, guys. Where are we going? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's going to be a whole. Well, Cesaro, no. Yeah, I, I think they're leading up to Cesaro. I think that's what they're trying to build him up. Um, uh, I know they've Seth got this week. They went back to Seth this week. Well, well I mean, yeah, but they they went back to it in a tag match. Seth interfering because Cesaro came out basically saying he he should be next in line for Roman, and Seth came out to try to sabotage that, and and then they did a tag team because that's what they do anytime they do this. Is like let's have a tag team play a. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think they're setting Cesaro up as the next one. The the more confusing one, and I guess I'd say confusing, if you read the backstage reports and everything, it might not be as confusing. But is uh, the announcement that next week uh, Daniel Bryan has a match, and if he doesn't win the Universal Champion, he's done with SmackDown. Yeah. Loses, leave SmackDown. Um, and quite possibly, yeah. I mean the the storyline that's going on, at least in the dirt sheet, 
is that um, Daniel Bryan is is considering retiring from wrestling entirely. That he's kind of lost the love of the game. You know, having kids will do that to any career. You just kind of want to be around your kids a little bit more. So I get that. I, I get it from that. And I, you know, I think, I think the stories that they're, that are out there on the dirt sheets are that he's really disgruntled with just the general direction that WWE is going in right now. Um, he doesn't feel like he's got a place there anymore. Um, he's been trying to talk to them about allowing him to work some independent dates, and trying to say no to him for that, you know? Um, so I, I, yeah, could... I think he wants more creative life control. Like, hey, I'll go do this real quick for... I think he wants it to Neil Dashwood life, which is a great life for her. Like, she gets to go be a premium wrestler for a couple weeks, and then she goes and hangs out on the beach. Like, that would make sense, I guess. So, um... The, the other piece to that, though, is the rewrite on Monday. Monday's rewrite. So this this is this is the gist of where I'm at. So the whole Roman thing and Seth popping up, I kind of went, well, what the fuck's that all about? Like, why? Okay. I, and, and maybe that's long-term, long-term storyline booking. Maybe, maybe they are going to have Cesaro win his title and then Seth take it off of him and then you get the Roman-Seth feud. Maybe. I don't know. But <clears throat> the rewrite on Monday occurred with less than an or less than two hours to go. Not everybody knew what the, what was going on on the show because Vince showed up late and then did a full rewrite. Why are you paying for writers? Like, the one firing I can see you doing that actually makes sense is, well, fuck, they suck at writing. I have to rewrite it all the time anyways, so I'm going to write this S-word. That's a good S-word. I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel like, I feel like they're a ship with a lot, like, they're, they're a freight liner in the ocean, and they're just plowing through. And there's no fucking rudder on this ship. Like, it's speed two. Mm, yeah. And they've been on this route, honestly, for a very long time. It's, like, almost as if, well, whatever. They had Mania down, I guess. But I feel like them, they were even struggling there. But it just seems like after Mania, they're just like, well, now what do we do? Hey, yeah. So Mania backlash, because we got no clue. Let's just repeat what WrestleMania had. Like, I feel like they need to go to seasons just to be able to fucking understand where they're going with anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, season this season of, of, you know, like, give it a break for three weeks just so that you can go, okay, now we're going to start the next season. I don't know. Like, they have just no clue what their path is, and it's so fucked. So incredibly difficult to... to it's not... You're telling a story, and oh my god, that's a great swerve. It's you're telling us, it's it, it's like M. Night Shyamalan is writing it. Oh, I have to throw a swerve at this. Why? Why do you have to throw a swerve? There's no reason for a swerve right here. Oh, fucking aliens. Cool. Water. Yeah, I get it. No! Science was terrible. 
Yeah. First of all, if if you're an alien and your one weakness is water, don't come to a planet that 80% of the surface is water. Um, don't try to try to dominate a species that 75% of their bodies is water. Um, might not be the smartest thing. There's yeah. other. Planets. You're smart enough for intergalactic travel, but by God, you're gonna attack with the planet. The one thing that. A, an overabundance of the one thing that kills you. It's like, oh, geez. Hey, let's go settle that planet filled with arsenic in the air. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Didn't that happen too? Isn't that the premise of one of the greatest movies of all time? Our arsenic in the air? Well, it wasn't arsenic, but it was poisonous atmosphere and whatnot. It was, uh, oh my gosh, they take over the bodies of the other creatures and they're united with the planet and they use their hair to talk to trees and stuff. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, Avatar? Oh, Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you lost me when you said one of the greatest movies of all time. I'm like, oh, um, it's one of the, one of the best selling. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I, I can get it there. A- Avatar, Avatar is just dances with wolves. And- <laughs> uh, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> Now I just gotta go watch Dances with Wolves. Well, you haven't seen Dances with Wolves, you young. Give, your... no, this is give yourself some time if you watch the full version. <laughs> oh God, it's, it's four long. hours. Yeah. Oh jeez, it's there's long. an extended cut version that's longer than that. Yeah, it's it's Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, yet less slow mo, but also. It feels every bit the four hours that it is. <laughs> like well, that's because there's a significant portion of the movie that is done with just one person. I mean, the, you can say what you want to about Zack Snyder's Justice League, but at least in my experience, it did not feel like four hours. Um, it was long, but I didn't come away from it going, "Jeez, God, take yeah." It. Did you take a break? Uh, no, no. Watch it straight through. I did. I mean, the only, I took I took the intermission break in between, like chapter two and chapter three, and I took another quick potty break oh. in chapter four and five or whatever, you know. But that's, you know, it just it didn't feel like four hours. Dances with Wolves, you feel Feels every minute like of that four hours. <laughs> um, it's it's a good movie. Not trying to say it's not, but it's one of those movies that anytime someone was like. Oh, Justice League, four hours long. God, no movie should be four hours long. I'm like, oh, there are plenty of movies that were four hours long and were just fine, right? No one complained about watching the director's cut of uh, Lord of the Rings, right? The Godfather. The Godfather, yeah. Lawrence of Arabia, anyways. Or Dances with Wolves. Um, I don't think anyone's complaining about Anywho, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with WWE. Back to WWE. Not a movie podcast? <laughs> Um, We're not. What have I been doing with my life this whole time? But when you talk about WWE storyline, you bring up the major point there is that they're writing for an audience of one. And then that audience of one is throwing it all out and rewriting it again. Um, And in the end, he's just writing what he wants to see. Right. Um, I it's it's been documented very well that Vince McMahon doesn't watch. He barely watches their own product right he watches from gorilla position to produce it but he does not watch it to enjoy it right he's not a wrestling fan he's a businessman who runs a wrestling him um which is weird (laughs) how do you not love what you run 
Well, Frank, frankly, I think a lot of us work jobs that we don't love. And I think that's just the way he works. He, he's just like, this is, this is how I make money. This is not what I do for love, right? Uh, he does bodybuilding and fucking yelling at people for sneezing for, for love. Um, yeah. How do you yell at people for sneezing, yet you were late? Uh, but but that's the deal. It's is it's and that's technically a good S word. Uh, uh, you guys suck. That was fun. Uh, that's debate. We okay. will move on. There. So uh, I will talk about. Um, it's my turn, right? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Sorry. if we're done talking about WWE sucking at writing, then yes, it is your turn. Well, I mean, unless you want to keep going with that, I just don't know. I think we're beating around the bush with that one. Unless you guys have I, more stuff to say, obviously. I just, I, I don't see how somebody can show up late and then, and then scrutinize everything everybody else does. That's what happens when you're the boss. I mean, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want. That's, you know, the boss can show up late. Is do any of the employees say anything? No. Why don't they say anything? Because they don't want to get fired and talk back to the boss. I feel like I feel like some of them are okay with being fired. Ooh, side note: Alistair Black may be coming back. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, he well, he, he is yeah, coming back. Choose. How how they do him? That's why I uh, I, it's one of my commendations. I'll just talk about it here. Uh, my commendation is Alistair Black. Uh, that was a great promo that he did. Uh, it looks interesting, and I'm excited for it until they oh. fuck it up. When did he do the promo? <laughs> when I must um, have missed it. Out. Yep. It was, oh. it was a vignette-filled backstage, or as you would say, a vignette. Damn. Well, what did he say? I totally missed uh, that time. He, he read from a gothic book uh, about um, fighting dragons and basically uh, did a, a variation on the um, the fans are the bad guys. Um, you know, you ruined it for me, so now I'm angry at you storyline. But it's still, I mean, it was exciting, and uh, well, and, and the the going back to my roots piece, and yeah. Um. So I mean, I, I'm excited for it, and I hope to, but uh, I'm excited until they fuck it up because that's what's probably gonna happen. Well, I mean, look, they are using Cesaro finally uh, in a decent role. Hopefully, they keep that momentum going with him because he certainly deserves heck of a lot better. Maybe they'll start doing that with Black. You know, they, uh, this whole Seth using Seth, using Owens, um, using Cesaro, you're finally using your decent wrestlers to at least tell some kind of story I am down for, um, you know, so here's to hoping, but I don't know. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to be too excited because I don't want my hopes to get flushed down the toilet once again by WWE. Not going to get too excited just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, that's the thing is now we're all at a point where we're going. Do I even do I even want to watch this week? I mean, I don't. I don't know what in the hell spurned me to go ahead. I'm gonna watch part of SmackDown. I did not watch all of SmackDown, but I watched enough to go. <sighs> I I did watch Raw, and before I turned it on, thought to myself, I don't think I want to do this. Like, I literally thought I'm a member of a podcast that talks about professional <laughs> wrestling. And I literally told myself, I don't think I want to watch professional wrestling on Monday on the flagship show 
for the largest professional wrestling promotion in the world. Yeah, this I'm is what this actually happened two weeks after the biggest pay-per-view for the largest wrestling promotion in the world. Yeah, I'm not watching this Monday night. This Monday night is going straight to Big Brother. Big Brother is definitely more exciting this Monday night than I'm sure Raw will be. So I I've could planned- not believe. Now, again, I'm, a, I'm an NXT mark. I still think NXT puts out the best product in professional wrestling. I know that that's arguably the best product in professional wrestling. The problem is there is no argument for Raw being the best product in professional wrestling, and it's the flagship show. So much so that the other podcast I listen to and our podcast have significant numbers of podcasters who go, I really don't want to be here for this. Yeah. I mean, it's important to note that Brian Zane wrestling with regret uh, for his YouTube channel and everything has said that he himself is no longer going to be reviewing Raw or SmackDown. Now, eventually, he did backtrack a bit, and uh, one of his friends, Jay Biggs, is going to do a Raw review and a SmackDown review for his channel. But he's not... Brian Zane is not caring about mainstream WWE. He's doing a Wednesday night review where he reviews both Raw and... uh, not Both NXT and AEW. He does pay-per-view reviews and all that, but when it comes to weekly episodic WWE, he doesn't care anymore. And again, I think that Raw and SmackDown, right? SmackDown prior to Roman, really prior to to Roman's turn, uh, SmackDown has had some thread, some semblance of, I kind of, I kind of want to know what the fuck's going on here. Um, The Daniel Bryan being inserted in made it a little less, I want to know. But SmackDown, SmackDown's very, I don't want to say very watchable, more watchable than it was six months ago. Raw is literally the least watchable show in professional wrestling right now, with the exception of like some indies. Like I, I, I have difficulty loving Lucha Libre style wrestling. And the reason I have difficulty loving it is because, okay, just get the fuck out of their way. Like just move. He's up. He's, he's tumbling towards you. Uh, Okay. Yep. Yep. Yep, Hurricanrana. Okay, <laughs> like, you know, so that's my difficulty with Lucha Libre. So I, I guess I don't watch like AAA or anything like that. But Raw is nearly unwatchable right now. Nearly unwatchable. I still watched it. Nearly unwatchable. So I mean, I've said it for weeks on here that I'm debating on since I I can't watch SmackDown consistently live because of fucking Sling TV. We've talked about that before. Which um, you weren't upset about six months ago. You were like, ah, well, fuck. Yeah, whatever, because it was It's the worst shitty. product they got, so that's fine. Um, and, and now, now it's no now longer it's the worst, but... Two of the best wrestlers in the world in the women's division feuding with each other, and the best manager in the world with Roman Reigns' best gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm sold. Like, I, there's reasons to watch. They're but not I great. <laughs> I didn't like Sammy, Sammy and Kevin's spot uh not friday but the week before um i'm sure jlb loved it with sammy dancing <laughs> I, I i wasn't a huge fan but that's fine but it, it's 
part of the reason that, that you don't like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens right now is because they've done so much good before this. And that's what I'm hoping for, right? Because that is obviously continuing. So I'm hoping that without Logan Paul in the picture, maybe Sammy ends up getting this, you know, he suddenly gets a, a change, a, a shift in his character where he's a much more meaner Sami Zayn and then thus can showcase what he really can do in the ring in a more athletic not way. Bat shit crazy is what you're not going bat- for. Yeah, not batshit crazy. I didn't want to I've tried to be more profound about it, but that wasn't working. Um but yeah. It, it, in the end, uh I just feel like the Sammy versus Kevin feud is backward. I think it worked so much better years ago when they did it when Sammy was the face and Kevin was Yeah, um, I would agree. And Kevin Kevin does great heel work, fantastic heel work, phenomenal heel work. He's an amazing asshole. Um, (laughs) And and Sami Zayn, when given the right opportunity, he can get such face pop. Um, When he, I I mean, his ring entrance thing, whoa, 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 whoa. That's that's face entrance right there. Yeah. Come out and ska dance to the ring, and everyone's gonna cheer, and and that's all you need to do. Um, send the clothes back to Castro. Yep. <laughs> and move on with life. And the beard. You can send the beard back to Castro too. Anyway, that that's neither here nor there. We can we can nitpick every single storyline. The problem is none of them really make you look at it and go, yeah. I mean, so the positives to Rich Swan losing to to Kenny Omega. Were that they, okay? They're building something there, and I want to know what it is. The positives to Cesaro getting a shot at Roman. Well, you were good enough to get the same shot that Umaga got against Cena, but we know you're not going to lose to Roman, and there's not going to be a storyline after that. It's just going to be, or you're not going to beat Roman. Sorry, uh, and we know there's not going to be a storyline that's really well well-defined here there will be a storyline that's defined but it won't be well-defined well, I don't that's know. kind of the thing is just looking into the future who does wwe have that you think actually has a chance of them having be the one who beats roman um i could see daniel bryan it, it does sell well i i think edge is a good sell i don't like either of those cells i think i think seth is the right sell I think architect Seth is the right sell. Yep. I think that's that's the only but Seth right now is not architect Seth. He's heel messiah douchebag swag Seth. <laughs> yeah, so that Respect means you have to the drip, Karen. You have to do a a <laughs> shit. Sorry. Um you you have to do a character change, which is slowly but surely happening because they have the the 1700 suits of 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 Seth Rollins in in backstage vignette vignettes but vignette um <laughs> I don't know I I it's sad the the part is the big sadness for me is you had to overload the talent levels around smackdown to make it that to make it watchable and in doing so, you made it so that there's really only a couple things I tune into Raw for, and that's that's Bobby, and that's that's Drew. I'm not even. I love Rhea Ripley, and I'm not even that interested in seeing where her feud's going because I know it's going to Charlotte, and I like Charlotte, but I know it's going to be a poorly written feud. 
Oh, God, that makes me my skin crawl. I'm just hoping the match is good. I'm not even caring about how they're building their storylines anymore. And I know that's weird to say, but I don't know what they're doing. Like, Vince is, is just there ripping up scripts and doing his own thing. But clearly Vince can't write for anything because, you know, it's definitely not working. It's so half-assed. You can tell it's rushed and no one really knows what they're doing and the wrestlers don't seem into it. They're trying their darndest to do what they can with it, but it's clearly showing on air um, of how bad it is. Well, that's so the deal. This is... We're now, what, two weeks post-WrestleMania, right? Um, and two weeks away from Backlash. And and here's the deal. What's one of the things that has been established over the years that almost always happens post-WrestleMania? Um, that's when there's shake-ups to, to roster. Not in terms of, like... Draft. A draft or whatever, but in terms of surprises. Surprise call-ups. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Well, and, and call-ups, right? <coughs> you, you had the NXT Women's Champion lose, um, freeing up Io Shirai to come to the main roster. She didn't. You had uh, the NXT men's champion, Finn Balor, lose. We already knew that he didn't do great on the main roster, but he's still a main roster worthy talent. And I mean, th- you, think about that. You could have him come back up and say, hey, I want my universal championship back that I never lost. Yeah. And go after Roman. Right. And so, that's a just, viable. Just for one feud. Just for a feud. Um, You had Adam Cole, your former world champion lose in a grudge match after breaking up the undisputed era right so you could have had adam cole show up on raw or smackdown didn't in fact as far as we can tell those feuds are all continuing on in some way shape or form on nxt what long-term storytelling on the brand that people want to watch but my point is these were all missed opportunities on the main roster right yeah um and then you have you have stars like taya valkyrie who an established star? Um, excuse me, Frankie Monet. Um, and I know she picked out the name and she loves it and all of that stuff. But fuck all, she established a name and established a reputation under Taya Valkyrie. Right? This is this is something WWE misses the mark on here because being able to say Taya Valkyrie is now on Raw has value. Taya Val- even putting her on that. This fucking Taya gimmick, Valkyrie. man. This fucking gimmick has me I, just fucking cringing. I, I I don't mind the gimmick of her coming in and interrupting and being all I think, but she could do the gimmick as Taya Valkyrie, right? And be like, I'm now in NXT and I'm I'm gonna be the next champion, right? Uh because the character is not any different than Taya Valkyrie from Impact, really. Um, it's just a stupid name. Anyways, but that's my point. You have Taya fucking Valkyrie, a a former Impact knockout, um, a world-renowned women's wrestler, and and you put her on NXT. But you had a chance to put her straight to main roster, and you don't, right? Um, put her with her husband. I mean, that's... Yeah, put her on Raw with her, her husband. Her husband's coming down to NXT. Oh, he'd be used better there instead of being. Oh my god, that'd be so with. exciting! How much would you enjoy a carry a, a, a cross versus John Morrison? The feud writes itself. They're totally different personalities. Oh my god, so much fun! I enjoyed it when it happened in Impact. Shut up! I missed it. And and, and the times it happened in Lucha Underground. The feud is so well written. Oh my gosh, I hope they do that. But. 
But so that's the deal. They, they had opportunities to do some shakeups and and make Raw and SmackDown exciting post WrestleMania, and they chose just to continue the status quo. The status quo is we don't know what's happening until an hour before the show. The status is not quo, is what it is. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. It's constantly changing. And and again, I don't want to beat a dead horse because I do feel like we do this often. And maybe they're going somewhere. Yeah. How old is Vince? How old is Vince? Uh, 76. Cool, cool. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, not only does he suck at writing storylines, he also sucks at giving people their their stuff back when they get fired. Because my whole thing is going to be... Ooh. A lovely garbage bag goodbye thank you for all the years here is how we'll remember you by putting all your stuff in a garbage bag and so uh wow mickey james had posted a video of her saying oh look what they did thank you wwe obviously in a very sarcastic way um Obviously feeling um, just feeling mistreated by the fact that you just put all their stuff in a garbage bag and sent it packing with just a, a, a stick it note attached to the garbage bag of her name on it. Twitter went crazy, started tagging, started writing to Stephanie, Triple H, because they were all tagged in the tweet. I myself did it as well. And I even mentioned, hey, Mickey, don't you remember that they also fired CM Punk on his wedding day? Oh, such classic WWE stuff they do. And I'm uh, sorry, I just have to interrupt and and say, hey, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you might. Sorry, go on. For sure. Um, <laughs> and look, and and also Maria Maria Canellis. I'm so missing that up. Maria Canellis had also mentioned she had gotten the same thing. So did uh, a few other wrestlers. Finally, that prompted Stefan Trips to make an apology letter, and they ultimately fired the guy that was behind it. I honestly think that is all for a show. I don't think um, that guy was the sole person that just decided to put everything in garbage bags and send it packing. I think he would have said, hey, what do I do with her stuff? And they probably just said, hey, put it in garbage bags and send it on off. So I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because the guy that they fired has been the longtime head of talent, like 20 years. Um, And so I can totally see it being a situation where 20 years ago, they fired someone on very, very bad terms. And he said when he was relatively new to the job, hey, what do you want us to do? And they said, we don't care. Put their shit in a garbage bag and give it to them or whatever. And ever since then, he just thought that was standard operating procedure. Um, because I 100 like, we know for a fact that uh, Triple H, Stephanie, and Vince McMahon were not involved at all in notifying people that they were let go. That was all John Laurinaitis, right? So they, they have outsourced all of the talent relations to other people. So I 100% believe that they were not behind at this point the concept of put it in the trash bag and send it to her. Not saying that at one point in a fit of spite they said that, or Vince might have said that, but 20 years ago, things could have been totally different between people being released. Like, I mean, this could have been a a absolute shithead release where they're just like, get his, take a shit and go, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so, but yes, they Triple H and Stephanie McMahon uh, have come out and claimed that they didn't know that it was going on that way and have apologized and fired him for doing it that way. And look, they might not have known, but I'm sure some, it's a big, it's a big company. Okay. So I guess not going to know everything. Maybe Vince didn't know. They're not going to tell Vince, oh, by the way, this is what we do with that. Perhaps Trips might not have known either. But there had to have been people that would have known, or even people higher up, I guess, which maybe might be the person that they fired for it. Uh, but that is kind of weird. You've been for such a long time, and people, I believe, didn't complain, or just didn't care enough to complain anymore because now we find out oh a lot of people had it that way turns out mickey was the only one to put a video behind it so that's why it got such big news well i mean some of it simply comes down to 20 years ago we didn't live in the era of social media um where people posted this sort of shit i'm talking you know two years ago last year but Uh, even even two years ago um in in things like this, it's it's one of those things where when something becomes so commonplace, people don't complain about it because they think either I was the only person that it happened to, or this is just the way it's done, right? And so, um, why why rock the boat? Mickey James is at a position in her career where she doesn't fucking care, right? If she rocks the boat, she doesn't ever need to come back to WWE to to establish her position. She will go down in history as one of the best women's wrestlers of all time, regardless of what WWE thinks, right? Um, And she has the ability to walk into AEW or Impact or NWA and have a job as soon as her 90-day no-compete. Pretty much hands down, no problem, right? Yeah. So in her mind, it's just like, fuck it. I'll, I'll post this. And she basically said she posted it like a joke. Right? Like, ah, oh, fuck, great. Look at the way you treated me. Ha, ha, ha. Um, and so the fact that they responded the way they did, to me, implies that they realized how big of a fuck-up it was and that it was not acceptable. Um, well, I don't necessarily know if the way... Because the video made it seem like a joke, but her response to Stephanie McMahon made it seem like she was bitter about how they, how she was being treated the last three years when she was with the company, she says, look, I didn't want anyone to get fired over it. I don't think that was necessarily right. I was just pointing out the fact uh, that, you know, I've gotten a garbage bag, uh, my belongings in it, kind of the same way I felt the last three years of working with the company. So she's like, you know, like, I'm sorry someone got fired. Uh, I understand you might not have known about it, but at the same time, what I did say was very relevant because I have been feeling like you haven't been appreciating me for quite a long while now, too. So, joke, not a joke. I think she knew what she was doing. Especially on social Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and play devil's advocate here. Get the fuck over it. You were fucking fired. No, I'm going to do it. No, Smarks did it more than I did. I'm going to play devil's advocate solidly on this. Get the fuck over it. Like, here's the deal. They gave you your shit back. You can go home. You can go hang out. You're going to get paid for 90 days. Now, again, do I think that her firing was wrong? Yes, I think her firing was wrong. But at the end of the day, this is not the thing that we need to fucking sit and bitch about. Like, well, 
for sure. Like, okay, so it was, it was in a box in a garbage bag. Okay. Like, was your shit broken? No. Okay, so nothing was broken. Nothing was ruined. Nothing was this. This is an industry that has been known. And again, this is the parts that were un, that are unmentionable are historical pieces to this industry. The parts that are unmentionable are things like Mr. Fuji's fucked up shit that he did in the back all the fucking time to people. Right. That's the type of shit that's fucked up about this industry. Okay. I'm sorry. I guess we shouldn't have cleaned out your fucking locker. No, and I get it. Like, it's just a fucking garbage bag. If they'd have said, Mickey, this garbage bag is representative of who you are, that's fucked up. They didn't right. say anything like that. They just fucking gave her her shit back, and she wanted and 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 because she's angry about the about the last three years, because. I would be too if I was one of the best women's wrestlers in the world and I got to see Lana get storyline pushes and the best I get is, well, I guess I'm enhancement talent now. Um, if that's how you're going to treat a, a future Hall of Famer who now maybe won't be because there's a, a pissing match and you know how Vince does with pissing matches. Um, you know, it may be 14 years like Jeff Jarrett's was, but at the end of the day, you this doesn't do anything except for incite the masses. And Mickey treated it like it was a like a joke. You said yourself. I, I guess as fans are, our introduction says there are two two parties: the wrestlers and bookers who actually do something, and the fans who endlessly nitpick. I'm not gonna fucking endlessly nitpick how they get in what format they set her stuff out for her while she was saying goodbyes and they had to move on to, I don't know. I want to go home. Like I just worked this show too. And I'm supposed to clean up and empty the locker room and Mickey's too busy giving hugs and kisses and loves goodbye. And she doesn't fucking, we don't know how she was backstage. I assume she was, I'm going to assume the best about any person. So I'm going to assume that she treated the the staff with respect and dignity. But if she didn't, I, I, okay. I still, I, I want her to be able to get her stuff. So I'm going to get it out of the locker, lock the locker rooms and go home. Cause I don't want to wait for her to give the next person a hug goodbye or whatever it may be. Or I, she's coming in tomorrow. Perfect. I'll have her stuff set aside. For, I, yeah. I, I think the fans are endlessly nitpicking this. I, 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 well, I did not see something fucked up about putting her name on a bag and saying, Hey, this is your stuff. See, and Andrew, I will, I will say, I think it's fucked up. I agree. But the side of it that I'm playing devil's advocate on is two things. Twofold. Number one, um, I know for a fact that uh, DA Fabe and I um, can speak to having worked in a corporate environment where shit went on through management that upper management did not know was going on, right? Right. Um, sure. It ha- happens all the time. Um, happened at a place that we worked together, and for me, it happened at other places. Corporate environments happen that way, where the stuff that local management does is not seen by upper management. So upper management thinks everything's just hunky-dory, and mm-hmm. lower management is treating people like shit, right? So it's happened. Right, for we sure. can establish that. Number it's one. really in any job, you know. Yeah. You have your managers, um, and then you have the, the, what any CEO doesn't know what the hell is happening. He goes to his EPPs. Hey guys, what's going on? The EPPs go to the managers of set locations. Hey guys, what's going on? Managers say, "Hey, it's good." That's what the CEO gets reported, and that's it. So uh, what we have here is upper management trips, staff, Vince, 
did not know what lower management, head of talent relations, was doing in this situation. And, and when they found out, they were angry. That's something that I, I see happen all the time. So um, I also, while I, I think delivering it to her in a trash bag is shitty, right? Um, personally, I, and I know DA Fabe can attest to, watching someone be told, go clean out your desk, here's a card, cardboard box. Right. It's right? equally a shitty. Yeah. <clears throat> and this is basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, you have to get your stuff at some point. This is your stuff. You deserve to have your stuff. I don't want you to take it, or I don't want you. I don't want to. I, I, there's no good way to go about the end of a firing. There isn't. Right. And so the firing is the shitty part. Mm-hmm. And the end of it, you can, you can, you can overplay it, your card all you want, and you can say, oh well, they're so disrespectful. They even did this. Okay. But you're fired. What else now. were they gonna? Yeah. What else were they gonna do? Let you come in and and light the fucking building on fire if you wanted, or whatever it may be. Like, you know, it. I speaking as a person who's had to manage watching somebody empty their desk, and has been the person who both had and didn't have people watch me empty my desk. I get it either way. Like, like there, I have had employees that I've let go, or that that my organizations have let go um, when I was in management that I, I wouldn't have trusted them to save my soul. Um, right. I'll empty your desk for you, type thing. Like, you need to leave the building because I think you're gonna right. You know, you're gonna start shit. Go whatever. Go that shit and start breaking windows. You know, right. um, or. You know, people that uh, when I was when I was let go at the organization that Smarks and I worked at um, together, uh, I I was pretty much allowed to have my reign of the building if I wanted to. They knew I wasn't going to steal anything. Um, they knew that it, that it would have been career suicide for me to do that. As, and I wasn't let go. I was leaving. So I guess I should preface that um but they they knew that i i wasn't going to commit that level of career suicide um that said i've also been released places and they've been like you can come back later and get your stuff we'll get it out for you and oh such a horrible thing they put it in a cardboard box what do you want me i mean put my shit in a gift bag for me (laughs) with 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 uh with tissue paper i i just don't i don't see there is no good way to complete that departure i mean i think wwe could have handled it better especially if they're trying to do this in a way that's respectful to the staff but like you say the real important thing we need to be pissed about is not the way they got her her shit uh, or anyone else their shit because i i bet the story's gonna come out that fucking samoa joe had a similar situation or whatever right but the thing that we need to be angry about and frustrated at is not how they got their shit was is more how they got their pink slip and yeah, why they right. got their. I mean, <laughs> WWE is a publicly traded company, so they are required by law to report their profits and losses. So we know where WWE sits financially. We know they had a record year in 2020. We know they had a record year. We know that they did not need to make cuts for budgetary reasons. We also know that they are on the path towards going back to touring, right? We are within months of seeing live events with fans in the crowd on the regular again for both WWE and AEW. AEW announced, um, I'd say announced, Jim Ross on his podcast 
uh, said that AEW is in the process of planning live touring events again starting in July, right? We're April, May, June, July, three months. Um, so we we know that that's in the near future and that WWE is going to start traveling again, which means WWE is going to start making more money again. Um, so they didn't need to do it. And that's why we need to be frustrated is they claimed it was budget cuts and it was this and that. But they had no reason to do that, right? Um, DA Fabe and I kind of talked about it, though, before, and and how I think that this is maybe WWE overplaying their hand a bit. That a year ago, they were able to make all of those cuts and uh, because they knew that AEW and Impact and Ring of Honor were all in basically the same boat going into a pandemic where they weren't going to be able to perform live in front of crowds for a while, and therefore, we're not going to be ready to start shelling out, opening up the wallets and shelling out, right? But that is not the case now. Both AEW and Impact now are staring down touring again and ready to start opening up those those wallets and start signing some more, more wrestlers to fill out their rosters so they can do house shows and, and touring shows. And AEW is about to start a second television show. So... Um, so this is this is where I think WWE shit the bed a bit by releasing some bankable stars in Samoa Joe, in the Iconics, in Chelsea Green, you know, in, in Mickey, Mickey James. James. You Any, know? Anytime you throw Mickey James into a title feud, it is viable for the same reason that if John Cena showed up tomorrow on Monday Night Raw and said, Bobby Lashley, I want a shot. You give John Cena the shot at the title, like regardless of of whether you're a Cena fan or not, he's a 16 time world champion mm-hmm. who's yeah. still in in fit enough shape to believe he could be the champion again. It's not Ric Flair coming back; it's John freaking Cena in 2021. Sorry, and and the same reason you could have had Flair challenge. In 2004, he's only six years removed from his last title run in WCW. That's a viable option. It's not Ric Flair in 2021, which is obviously 15 years or 21, 21 years, 22, 23 years, 23 years removed from his last title run in WCW. Wow. Yeah. 23, 24, somewhere in there. So obviously you can do that with, with a Mickey James. That's what that's the frustrating part. Samoa Joe is less than three years from taking Brock Lesnar to the limit for the the universal title. No, he didn't win it, but he did take him to the limit. Um and later competing with Roman Reigns and taking him to the limit. Um Joe 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 was screwed by his attire. That's really his his outfit was the worst. <laughs> nobody could believe nobody believed the guy wearing, I don't know, tutu shorts. I don't know what you even call those. Yeah. Joke <laughs> I saw on Twitter was uh, Vince McMahon finally realized that Samoa Joe was not related to the rock, and that's why he fired him. Like, wait, <laughs> wait, he's not Anawaii? Ah, fuck him. <laughs> so I I, I I understand. I understand. You know, it it feels like a slap in the face when t- two days later you go and pick up your stuff. Um, it's the same as a text message breakup, and your CDs are going to be on my porch. And you go there, and the CDs are on the porch, and the pouch isn't zipped. 
and maybe maybe your favorite fucking I don't know Slipknot album. I was gonna say Britney Spears, but then people would really question me. <laughs> album is missing. Ah, fuckers. You know, like I it it sucks. The whole fucking thing sucks. Like I don't know what else to say. Like I say, the thing to be angry about is the releases, not how they got. And look, I think that's, I think it was a mix for Mickey that she was pissed still, obviously, about her being fired and then her getting her stuff like that just fueled the fire even more, if you will. You know what I, I think, mean? I think, I think the thing that would piss anybody off in that moment is you have a 90 day no compete. I didn't fucking leave you. Why do I have a 90 day no compete? <laughs> you fucking fired. I don't me. get that. Yeah. Like, you're going to tell me I can't go work? For 90 days? Yeah. Well, well that's I've been mine and a lot of businesses too. You can't go work in the same field for usually a year, right? If it's a big company. So yeah. so here's yeah, the you thing. You can win you can win that lawsuit yeah. all day long it, if it's a year. In 90 days, you just go, ah, fuck it. Yeah. That's the deal. It, at least in America, legally speaking, um, no compete clauses don't hold up in court 90% of the time. Because a company cannot stop you from from providing for your family, right? For um, non-executive positions. We should yes. point that out. Now, what, Executive what they, positions, they can do it all day long. Well, but even, even executive positions, though, it comes down to the only thing that they can worry about is proprietary information. Information, correct. Yes. And so in that case. But so, and that's, that's why the 90 days part of this no-compete is important to talk about because I... I think if it had been any longer than 90 days, if it had been even 120 days, right, people would have started fighting it. People would have started getting lawyers and saying, hey, you know, but to get a lawyer, go to court, get a court date, argue your case, get a judgment. You're probably talking 90 days already, right? Uh, And so most people don't bother fighting the 90-day no-compete because it would take longer to to go to court and win the ability to wrestle someplace um, in 90 days, it would be faster, you know, just to wait it out. Right. Especially if you're getting paid. And that I think is the other side of the 90 day, no compete that WWE does that makes it at least hold its water a bit is that during the 90 days, WWE is paying them because most places you're 90 day, no compete. You're not making any money. Right. And at that yeah. point, I, I technically had a 90-day no-compete at a company I worked for before in the wireless field. Um, and I knew for a fact that if I got let go and walked into one of their competitors and said, I, I want a job and got hired the day I got fired, that they would have no chance in hell in enforcing the no-compete in the state of Nebraska and in the United States just in general. Because you cannot tell someone they can't earn a living. Um, especially in what I what you would call a, a low to mid level position that yeah. I was in, right? Um, it just, Unless they offered a severance that said you can't do it. Yeah. If they offered a severance and you signed off on it, that's on you. But but so that's the Which deal. Is these ninety day no competes? Yeah, that's the deal. WWE pays them for those ninety days, and that's where I think they can get away with it a little bit more. Um, now, is the firing shitty? Yes. Is parts of the situation can they be taken emotionally in a way that that is easy to fire people up about 
we're talking about social media. People get pissed off about whether or not you had the right vegetables with your food if you post pictures of it. <laughs> or the right type of beer with with the the steak that you had or the right I mean it is so easy to fire up your fans, friends, um, neighbors, whatever it is, when you only give one side of a story. As long as it's not one of those plant-based beers. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, reference to something we discussed off air. Um, Just Google plant-based beer, and I guarantee you you'll find it. Anyways. um, Yeah, it's just one of those, like, people can get fired up about anything. I, I personally believe, and I'm not gonna, I'm not fired up over it. I'm just like, okay, like JLB, when you sent us that picture, I seriously went, okay, so they gave her stuff back. Like, I suppose the garbage bag is kind of shitty. Are that was there a note with it that said your garbage? You know, um, does that only happen to the women? We've heard Maria Canellis has come out and said that this has happened. Um, to, this happened to her. But Mike Bennett didn't. So if that's the case, then yes, that's fucked up. That's sexist-ass bullshit. And yes, somebody should have been fired for it. Um, but if it's not, if, if this is just the standard operating procedures, you make a change in the standard operating procedures, and you move on with life. And as, as a fan, I go, okay, well, you know, Mickey, you could have called somebody and said, why did you do it this way? This is fucked up. This is fucked up. You shouldn't have done it this way. And, and that's what a lot of people were saying, too. Hey, why didn't you just call them instead of posting it on Twitter? Who knows? Maybe she... There's a significant piece to me that thinks she wants to throw shade. Yeah, I would think so, too. But that, that's why time... I think she was posting it mostly as a joke. I think she saw humor in it when it arrived. And she's like, really? There's a way they're going to do it? Ha, ha, ha. And she posted it. And then when it got the reaction that it did, she rolled with it. Yeah, yeah, either way. It, it's neither here nor there. Now, again, we have yet to hear anybody who is male come out and say that that's how they were let go. And so there might be. there. There is smoke there. Um, we don't know if there's fire, but there's definitively smoke there. Um, on on pranking, pranking based on, on gender. For that reason, I have to say, yeah, that's pretty fucked up. But... Right. Um, we, we don't have enough information and we're not going to get enough information because it is just returning your stuff. Now, here's one thing that might play into this whole situation a bit. Reports have it. The, um, gentleman who was fired and I can't remember his name offhand because I don't fucking care that much. Um, he worked for WWE for 20 years. Reports have it that he was kind of interested in not working there. Um, but here's the deal. If he quit on his own, gets nothing. But if he got fired, he gets a severance pay, a hefty severance. Mm. So the conspiracy side of me says, did he do this so that he would get fired? Okay. Knowing he would get fired up about it. Mm-hmm. No, well, yeah. Because I haven't yeah, seen Cassie and Jess talk about it at all. And they were just fired. Oh, I'm sorry. The Iconics. So sticking with the same gender, I haven't seen that thing about them saying it. And they are posted like mad on Instagram and Twitter and everything. And why would he think that Mickey would say anything? Did he have beef specifically with Mickey? I I don't think it was that he thought Mickey would say something. I think he might have done it with multiple people. Um, I think he might have been doing it for years for this exact reason. If I get caught doing this, they fire me and, you know, I, I get to go on my merry way and get this huge severance package that's in my contract. Um, 
And so, I mean, the simple fact is when you've got a, a sizable severance package in your contract, you may start thinking about doing lots of things mm. um, that could get you fired just from a standpoint of, I mean, if I don't get fired, fine. But if I do get fired, great. And apparently he stole a bunch of WWE belts, according to his ex-girlfriend as well. So I don't know. There's a whole it, lot of his random His ex-girlfriend drop. doesn't have uh, very nice things to say about him just in general. Well, I mean, you know, but that's what exes are for, right? So who yeah. knows if that Yeah, is I mean, true. take it all with a grain of salt. Yeah. yeah. Off air, I have to tell you guys a funny joke about exes. Moving okay. forward. <laughs> Do they all live in Texas? <laughs> no. No. I've never heard of that. Uh, that's hilarious. I, I called one of my... Uh, I, I was complaining to a coworker about my ex-wife, and, and you guys know a little bit about that situation. And I, I referred to her in a derogatory name, and he said, are you sure that isn't spelled with a K? And I said, that's funny because it's true, because she spells horribly, as Smarks would agree with. Her spelling is terrible. That's why she uh, married you, bud. She wanted or went out with you because uh, you were the speller of the family. We, we, were, we were married. So anyway, fun. moving forward. And moving yeah, if, forward. if anybody identifies my voice and knows my ex, fuck her. Everybody <laughs> else does. <laughs> oh, she must know one of my exes. <laughs> yeah, they probably slept together. Moving on. <laughs> well, that's extreme. <laughs> Anyways, moving on, we will go to misdemeanors. Um, the the only ones that I think about for misdemeanors, I think actually fit more with uh, commendations. So um, I'm going to go ahead and open up misdemeanors to you guys. And if I think of one, I'll chime in later. Um, I have two really, what I've been called commendations, but I think one does open up a door to misdemeanors, so I'm not actually going to use it as a misdemeanor and let you guys know that Big Cass is back. Mm-hmm. And you guys can make the choice of whether or not that's a misdemeanor or a commendation. Um, Big Cass, or whatever his fucking name is now. Or something? I don't know. Um, guy. Mr. Willy Wonka. Mr. But, um, I... He's back, came back at Impact Wrestling, uh, and... um, Without Enzo, without Enzo. No Enzo, and under a new name, but he, I mean, he looks fucking jacked. And here's the deal, my biggest complaint against Big Cass in WWE was (laughs) he never looked... He he never looked the part. He was tall, but that was it, right? And um, now he he looks the part. And and frankly, um, not to draw comparisons to like Drew McIntyre, but Drew McIntyre's first run in WWE, he didn't look the part as well, in my opinion. And then he went off into the Indies and to Impact and, and all that stuff. And when he came back, he looks the part now. And he very much yeah. does. And so I think I think leaving WWE was probably really good for Cass in lots of ways. Not financially. I'm sure he makes less money now than he did in WWE, but... Um, but I don't know that, that his opportunity with WWE is um, is completely well, gone. Yeah. I think, I yeah, he... This, but... I don't even... I've, I've heard rumors that WWE has considered bringing them back as well. Uh, mostly because with Enzo, the, the firing was all based on uh, accusations that he didn't tell them about. Um, but then that person has recanted those accusations as well. So... Uh, oh, that was 
That was recanted? Yeah. 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 So it was it was accusations that never went any further. And his whole problem was they felt that he hid it from them. Um I I think that they both have shots at coming back. Um and here's the other you can say what you want to about Enzo's in ring performance. Criticisms are valid. He wasn't the best in ring performer. But the dude has fucking charisma out the wazoo. Yeah. Um and he was able to get over uh, that gimmick very well. That um, whole thing, S-A-W-F-T, South. Um, uh-huh. Fucking over with the crowd. You know, you can't knock that. And and Big Cass now looks like a Big Cass. So uh, I don't know whether he signed a long-term deal with Impact at all. Um, or whether it was just a short-term, one-off appearance sort of a thing. Um, but one way or another, good to see him back. I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, hopefully he can keep his, uh, nose clean. Cause he ha- has had a bit of an alcohol and drug, um, problem recently since, since the deal with, but I'm all for it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good thing. I mean, good for him. He's finally in a bigger spot. He obviously got the win in the four man crazy or eight man tag or something. Um, you know, cool to see him at least on one of the three brands that are televised. So, yeah, I'm happy. I'm not a fan of his name, though. W. Morrissey. Yeah, his his so, actual name is William Morrissey, so um, I can't I can't dog him for using his real name. Um, I guess I do have a misdemeanor. Oh, okay. Um, the misdemeanor is sort of towards AEW, probably closer towards Tony Khan, I would say. Um... But uh, I, I think it is worth us giving uh, giving AEW at least a little crap, or Tony Khan a little crap. Uh, a couple, about a month or so ago, there was a big deal made that um, AEW pulled a bunch of uh, a bunch of stars from a um, a charity event that they found out that um, Joey Ryan was going to be performing. At, right. right? And uh, the the whole thing was that uh, Tony Khan doesn't want any of his stars associating with Joey Ryan. And I don't blame uh, blame that at all, right? I'm 100% behind the idea of Tony Khan saying, hey, I don't want my brand associated with what uh, Joey Ryan's been accused of, right? Um, but the, the problem that comes into is um right now there's there's a little bit of a um dust up because uh apparently over the weekend some AEW wrestlers um performed at a um at a it it wasn't like a open to the public show it was like a private party show that was uh um held and some AEW wrestlers performed there and it was headlined by Alberto El Patron now I want to point out that Alberto El Patron is currently on trial for uh, sexual assault and kidnapping, which you can say whatever you want to about the Joey Ryan situation. Um, he's not There's on no trial. criminal charges. <laughs> There's no charges filed on it. Um, and um, Alberto El Patron is being charged with sexual assault and kidnapping. And... And so the only caveat that I have on this is there the the two main uh, names that I heard 
uh, that were at it was Phoenix and Penta, right? And Phoenix and Penta both have a unique contract with AEW that also allows them to work other events um, uh, because of their pre-existing contracts with AAA and Lucha Underground and, and all this other stuff. And so there is a chance that Tony Khan did not specifically know about this or did not know that Alberto El Patron was going to be headlining it. Um, however, if he did know about it in advance and did not pull his wrestlers from it, then this is a big um, hypocrisy that they definitely need to be called out about. Now, the only thing that holds me back from uh being too much into it is the fact that one of the people bigging uh the most of it um out of it is fucking Joey Ryan. Uh Joey Ryan is the one who kind of brought it up to a lot of people that hey, this just happened and what the fuck? Um <laughs> Yeah, I'd be pissed too. And and yeah, I'd be pissed, but at the same time, not to mention Carlito actually was in a tag match with Alberto, and Vince didn't even try to do anything for that. But maybe the Carlito thing was a one-off thing for WWE's. And and I think so, Carlito's contract is a non-legends legends contract. Uh, <laughs> but like you're but, not really a legend, but we'll give you something to come back on a regular. They spit in the face of people who don't want to so, be cool. So. If Tony Khan knew about it and did not pull AEW wrestlers from it, then he 100% deserves to be uh, ridiculed and, and called out on the hypocrisy on it. If Tony Khan didn't know about it, then um, they still need to establish some sort of oversight in where people can wrestle um, or at least say, hey, you have to get shit approved, right? Yeah. Um, but it was a private party. Uh what private Brian, party was there too? Brian Cage was there as well, and um, so I mean, it's it's just one of those situations where we one hundred percent need to point out, but it it also just feels bad to be on the same side as Joey Ryan, and so that's where I'm a little hesitant. And again, we so Joey Ryan lands in the same category as as Enzo did at one point. Now again, that person recanted, or as Danny Masterson does right now, to to go to a different organization or different entity. Danny Masterson was accused of it, uh, lost his job on the ranch, lost his contract with Netflix, um, and uh, and nobody's ever filed charges against Danny Masterson ever. Um, there, there. You want to believe all women in terms of like taking Danny Masterson off the ranch, but not necessarily. Okay, so why are you just letting this float? Like, like why aren't you pursuing a lawsuit, at least a civil suit against the guy for doing this to you? Um, I do feel like I have to issue you a correction on this. Um, Danny Masterson is facing three counts right now. Oh, they did. Is, they did file is, charges. He uh the fi charges were filed in June of last year. He is out on 3.3 million dollar bail. Oh wow, I didn't realize boy um, they kept that off the news, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Right. Well, I, but I but still. But the Enzo, we'll use Enzo then. Um yeah, I pull Enzo off of storylines. And yeah, I would fire him for not telling me that hey, there's a potential issue here. That's why he got fired. He didn't get fired because something did or did not happen. He got fired because you didn't tell us that there's this potential issue. Well, I mean, um, I'll point out that Vel 
Velveteen's Velveteen Dream. Dream is still employed. Yeah, and and no charges have been filed. And there was evidence of it for him, or at least there was alleged evidence. So, so that that's where I'm like, you know, if Tony Khan knew about this and didn't pull people from it, uh, then it, it needs to be called out and he needs to own up to it and 100% own it. Um, if he didn't know about it, if he legitimately didn't know about it, then that's a different thing altogether. But at the same point... Um, at which point you maybe have some some punishments for those people mm-hmm. to say, hey, guys, tell me what you're doing. Because here's the deal. If Tony Khan can can uh, legitimately argue that he didn't know, that's one thing. Um, but Brian Cage can't argue no because he was there and everyone there knows what yeah, the Patron's Patron's been accused. Um yeah. And that's where where it comes down to is they they 100% bear the responsibility of whether Tony Khan knew about it or not. They at least need to suffer court some sort of... is like May 3rd or something. Hmm? His court date is like May 3rd or something. Yeah, it's it's not far Close. away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, and, and here's the deal is if Alberto gets off with the crimes, if he gets uh, exonerated... With there the you go. That's that's, a, that's better that terminology. Um, that then things are totally different. Wrestlers and all that stuff. I get, but at the moment, right now, he's in ex- he's in exactly the same boat as Joey Ryan, and should be treated the same as Joey Ryan. In fact, yeah. should be treated worse because arguably sexual assault and kidnapping um, is should be at least considered moderately worse than accused of sexual impropriety. Yeah. And I would also argue that Enzo's whole thing, the fact that that story was all made up and she recanted her statement, uh, the fact that WWE still fired him was still a bit weird. Because at the same time, if now Enzo's a complete douchebag, though. I've heard of him things do at the strip club and whatever and how much of a douchebag he is. So by all means, I'm not defending his character at all. But how are you going to tell your boss that you work with, oh, yeah, so I slept with this girl one day. She might end up saying these things. Like, how do you know if you think you went out and it was just no, no, a no, nice no. night? No, no. what the, happened the with Enzo. accusations have been made, and he had to go get, go do an interview. Yeah. Had to go yeah. speak with the police and didn't tell. Yeah. WWE. Oh, okay. If they found out from the police that he was being investigated for... Um, and they fired him, and then it was a month later that she, so again, we I, don't know that there wasn't a settlement that allowed her that made her recant that he didn't do something. We just know that she recanted in the end. By the time right. she recanted, the genie was out of the bottle, they'd already fired her. Number two, the important thing was they didn't fire him for the accusations, they fired him. For hiding the accuracy. Yes. He didn't pit so what what would what the normal standard should be in this instance, accusation made that a really, really, really good example, unfortunately because I, I I'm a hundred percent convinced that Velveteen Dream probably did something because there's there's photo evidence. From what from what we know, we don't we haven't seen photo evidence, but we, it's been stated that there's photo photo evidence. The right move is pivot away from that character's push of any type, pull him off TV, 
pull them off TV until you know whether or not there's going to be charges filed. If there's going to be char- if there's an investigation and they don't file charges, in all likelihood, there's not enough information, not enough evidence to say that yes, that yes, they did or no, they didn't. Um, which also means don't get in that position. Don't put yourself in that position because you're going to lose your push. Velveteen Dream will never get another NXT title shot. And he was in the middle of a push to potentially get the NXT title. So um, don't put yourself in that position. That's, it should always be that way. But if you do, if you end up in that position, the company should pivot first and then make their decisions based on actual information. And Enzo prevented them from being able to make a decision based on actual information by not telling them about the information. Right. Okay, well, I, mean, I didn't sure sense. Here's a here's a better example. Um and it's someone who is currently in the middle of a of a type of push. Uh Matt Riddle. Matt yeah. Riddle about the same time as the Velveteen Dream stuff, the Joey Ryan stuff, all of that stuff got accused of um and this wasn't with anyone underage and it wasn't necessarily sexual assault, right? That's important to point out. He was accused of having an affair. The the woman claimed that he was stalking her, uh, but evidence has has pointed out more that that it was an affair between him and her, and uh, he was trying to hide it from the wife, and that's come out. But here's the deal: it's in the end, doesn't matter the the uh, part of that case that really doesn't matter in this argument. What matters is uh, when the accusations came up, Matt Riddle went straight to WWE and said, "Hey." Just so you know, accusations have come up about this happening. Here's my side of the story. Um, here is my evidence to support my side of the story. You know, I want you to know what's going on. And WWE was allowed, was able to, at that point, plan and spin it. Um, and yep. they temporarily take Riddle off TV for a bit while they figured out what they wanted to do and move on from there. Uh, what Enzo did was not tell them about it at all and allow and continued to perform and, and was their cruiserweight champion. Um, and then they get egg on their face when the police come to them and say, Hey, just so you know, we're investigating this guy for, for this. And that's why he got fired. Not for the case that he was being accused of, but for hiding it from them because hiding it makes it sound a, like you knew it was wrong and you were ashamed of it. And B, like you're guilty. And that yeah. is what puts WWE in a bad situation. Um, you know, Riddle is, is the current U.S. champion. Velveteen Dream is still employed, although he hasn't been on TV for a while. Um, because in their situations, they went to WWE, but here's the accusations. What do you want to do? Um, but in the end, that just comes back to if Tony Khan knew that these people were performing with Alberto El Patron, then 100% Tony Khan deserves all the shit that we can give. If he didn't know about it, he needs to um, evaluate what needs to be changed so that this doesn't happen with his talent in the future. And in the end, the talent still need to get whatever shit is coming to them for doing this, period. Which anyways, will hopefully also be shit. From Tony Khan. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in fact, you know, I I think Penta and I think Brian Cage were in the midst of of potential pushes 
um, I mean, Penta and um, and Phoenix and and uh, Pac, you know, are involved in the world tag team title picture. And Brian Cage is in the middle of this whole Taz Ricky Starks group breakup. Um, and this 100% should, in my opinion, lead to, and I love Brian Cage and I like Penta and I like Phoenix and all of this stuff. This 100% should lead to them at least missing some time, period. Just, yeah. just listen, you guys need to sit at home for a bit and reevaluate what you're thinking they're doing because that, that was unacceptable. Um, and it's yeah. sad for them, but they made the choice. If Tony Khan knew about it, then he deserves it. But anyways, um, we will go ahead. Unless uh, JLB's got any misdemeanors, we'll move on to commendation. Yeah, I got no misdemeanors, really. No. So I mentioned my, my first commendation was for Aleister Black. Congratulations on coming back and delivering a fire promo uh, until they fuck it up. Um, because here's the when. deal. Yes, until they fuck it up. Because they will. Because here's the deal. Uh, it was just a few years ago that we got the first promo for The Fiend coming back, and we were all excited for this new exciting change to Bray Wyatt's character and everything. And then they had a ref stoppage and a Hell in a Cell match. And then they did the Goldberg match. Then they did the Randy Orton feud. Yep, yep, yep. yep and yep. then they introduced Alexa Bliss into the picture. Well, the thing is, Alexa Bliss, and I didn't like it at the beginning, but for a short period of time, the Alexa Bliss storyline looked like it was it was maybe going to save the feet. I don't believe that now. No. But for a short period of time, it looked like maybe it was going in the right direction. Um, yeah. My other commendations, um, I, I'm going to go both AEW and NXT for both having massive improvements on the ratings two weeks in a row now on separate nxt added about two hundred thousand viewers uh on both weeks that they went on to um which is which is a big improvement over their wednesday night regular goals right um and aew went over a million viewers both weeks they 1.21 uh first week and 1.12 second so uh, they lost some the second week but they're still well over a million viewers in week two. And keep in mind, Cody wasn't on either of those. Wow. Kenny Omega didn't wrestle on either. Of them. Moxley didn't wrestle on either. Um, and they still were well above a million. Um, in fact, right now, if you combine the viewership from AEW and NXT, uh, NXT Tuesday and AEW Wednesday night, you have almost the same viewership that SmackDown would. Now, yes, there's overlap in it because some people watch both NXT and and I get that, so we can't truly do that. But it is important to note that SmackDown and Raw have both been averaging somewhere around that 2 million. And that's almost the total number between the two of them on Wednesday and Tuesday. So that's my commendation. Keep it up, both of you, because you are on the way to being the two nights to watch wrestling and I'm totally fine if Raw and SmackDown become the the second and third WWE shows and NXT becomes the main show. The flagship, yeah. Yep. I'm fine with it. So, I think that would be Give NXT that third hour. Give NXT uh, that third on Mondays. Like, sorry, move over, Raw. Like, uh, you could... Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, 
I think there's a couple different things. If they wanted to do, if they wanted, in the side note, if they wanted to do um, Raw Underground correctly, that would have been a good spot for it. It's also not a bad spot for 205 to bring back 205 Live, but um, that's not going to happen either. So, well, what I think, okay, so to use your concept, if they really wanted to do it, what they should have done instead is, but 205 Live is the first hour of Raw. Yep. And then hours two and three. Is regular well. Like, um, yeah. Why on the first hour? Uh, because to do wrestling appeals to a younger audience, and yeah. that's like prime time. Yeah, it's prime time. It's flipped you, but it's also it's build up, right? Yeah, it's fast paced, exciting stuff. Build up, bring in the audience, and then get to your main storylines and other stuff. I think if they do it the other way, if they did two hours of regular raw and then uh, two five live afterwards. I think they'd see a huge drop off. Well, um, and, so and, we t- and historically speaking, this is how WCW built up their follow followers, right? When they started off going up head to head with Raw, their first hour was mostly cruiserweight, and mm. and then they because it was all about excitement, make it exciting, make it fun to watch, <clears throat> and then move to the others. This is also a really good segue to one of my commendations. Um, so I, I, I agree with you because that's actually how they used to do 205 live is they recorded it right after SmackDown live and in person. And then they, they had an extra match that would, would pull you back in the live arena that nobody ever saw. It was a dark match. Um, I know this because of my commendation, uh, accommodation to raw and order for being conceived two years ago this week or last week, I guess. Um, at a SmackDown taping in Lincoln, Nebraska. We sat in a vehicle after the show, and we hashed out how we wanted to build the show. took us six months before we actually decided to do it, but uh, um, Mr. Smarks and I went to SmackDown together and conceived this show two years ago last week. Happy second and a birthday. Woo-woo. There, there were a lot of changes that happened between the initial conception. Yes. Number one, it wasn't originally conceived as Raw and Order. Um, that no. came out later. The original no. concept was it was going to be a Tuesday night podcast. Huh. Um, and um, it was going to be uh, reviewing wrestling while we ate tacos. And it was going to be called Let's yes. Talk About Wrestling. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I thought it wasn't that. <laughs> uh, and then we found out that there already is a, or was a podcast called Let's Talk About Wrestling. <laughs> but yes, the, 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 the concept of us two doing a podcast together, um, I don't know that, did we, did we talk about adding a Canadian friend? Um, I don't think it was originally in our concept, but um, glad it happened. Very glad oh, it happened. It it was as Bob how Ross. How I got involved? How did we even? Um, we were you looking got for involved. guests. Host. Yeah, we. Um, I was on on one of the Facebook forums and talking to other podcast hosts and mentioned that um I was willing to have a guest on my podcast talk about wrestling and potentially go on their podcast and talk about whatever they wanted to, um, just as a way of networking and having fun. And so we had you on as a guest one week, and then uh, you came back for the FBI the that week, and 
you kind of were like that that uh, kitten that gets left on someone's front porch, <laughs> never fucking leaves. <laughs> no, yeah, that's me. So Her. that's commendation number one. So congratulations, because two years ago, last week, we fucked this thing into existence, and then it was born <laughs> later on. Yeah. Wrong, wrong way to put that. Eh, whatever. Anyway, moving forward, the other thing, commendation. Of course, I already went over Big Cass. I was happy to see him back, uh, and he looked like Big Cass instead of just Cass. Um, and then the third one is to Matt Cardona for making one of the most hilarious filters um, for, I believe, maybe Twitter. Nope, nope. It would have been an Instagram filter. Instagram, uh, the hot mess filter. Good job, Matt Cardona. Um, I will also point out that the Let's Talk About Wrestling podcast has not been updated in um, a year and a half. So um, if we want to go back to it. Yeah, we, we might re- revisit that. It was, <laughs> yeah. a, it was a sweet concept because we were going to get tacos from different places every week. And so we were going to. That was going to be our sponsors. Yeah, we were going to review them. And talk about them and talk about the wrestling. Guys, I'm kind of down for that. <laughs> <laughs> See? See? Great thing. So maybe so so we're gonna mail you tacos from Nebraska and you're gonna mail oh, us some yeah, I'm gonna get tacos from Montreal, taco yeah. places. I think that makes more sense there. where we could oh, be like, hey okay. JLB, what tacos are you talking about? <laughs> Let's talk about them. <laughs> um in connection to your uh, commendation to Matt Cardona, I do have to uh, say um, I hope that the injury he sustained at Impact Rebellion was entirely kayfabe and not uh, shoot, because um, it, if it is real, he might miss some serious. But he did make a good Instagram filter. Well, the thing that I will, will say with it, you say it's hot mess. Um, that is the gimmick that Chelsea Green used in Impact Wrestling, which, um, could directly play into, um, her eventual rebranding and... Well, she's taking bookings right now, so I'm gonna see if maybe I can convince Chelsea Green to be a guest host. Do you think she'll come on and talk about some wrestling? Uh, I don't know about that, but, but, you know... (laughs) If the price is right, I'm sure she'll come on our podcast. Just a matter of what the price is to have her on our podcast. Yeah, but her boyfriend made the made the uh, filter cool on his behalf. Yes, I shall have to look it up. So, yeah. Any other commendations? Um, I feel like I had one. Uh, I don't know, man. I one I can't really recall what happened in AEW this week for some odd reason. But I remember there was something about AEW that I wanted to accommodate on. Uh, but no, it has... Or give a commendation to. Give an accommodation to. Commendation, something AEW... Not accommodation. 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 I'm saying I just put my uh and like I'm saying unaccommod... Damn it, you're right. Accommodation. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of it at the moment. Uh, I will definitely let you know on the FBI episode just to randomly shoot it in. I know it was something about on AEW, though. I just can't really recall at the moment, actually. So, no, no bueno. I got nothing. Okay. Well, on that note, we will start to wrap things up for this. Um, I always say to make sure to like, share, and subscribe. So, on whatever platform you use to listen to it, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or 
Google Podcasts or, I don't know, iHeartRadio, whatever. There's some way to like it or subscribe to the podcast so you get notified as soon as we post anything new. Um, Also, share the podcast with your friends. Uh, The more people that listen to us, the better we get. Um, And follow us on Twitter or any of the social medias. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at... Do we we really get better if more people listen? Yes, we do. Oh, okay. Uh, At DA Vincent K. Fabe. And you can follow JLB at... JLB420888. Optimistic, never duplicated, but I love the echo. I appreciate it. Uh, at Real Talk Radio is the brand, though. Um, going to be doing a lot of movie reviews. There's going to be one Mortal Kombat one that uh, I'm going to get to since that was the big movie of the week. Um, and a bunch of other ones. Oscars happened, so it's going to be a movie review related week on the top and worst Oscar films. Uh, so it should be a good time. And uh, anchor.fm slash RTR is where you can find all the lovely streams, the apples, the pod beans, the, the iHearts, the anchors, the whatever have you. It's all there. And uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Back to you, Mr. Smarks. Awesome. Pod. Speaking of stealing tagline. Mm-hmm. Which one? It's on the Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. That's the way the cookie crumbles? I'm sorry. I've been saying that way before freaking Truman Show. Okay? So, don't you... Truman Show came out before you were alive, dude. And it wasn't Truman Show. It was the one where where, uh, Bruce Almighty is where he said it. Bruce Almighty. And are you calling me that young? Well, Bruce Almighty came out in, like, 2004. Not Bruce Almighty. You said Truman Show. Truman Show came out in, like... Well, it would have been 97, 97 or 98. I don't even think so. Truman Show is not that old either. Cable Guy would have been around that time. Truman Show. Dude, I got my first speecher during that movie at a theater. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So don't even start with me. Well, first of all, 98, sir. 98. So I technically would have been nine years old. So I was certainly very much alive. Uh, wait, that was the Truman Show. Bruce Almighty. The, the, yeah, you said Truman Show. Bruce Almighty was what I was accusing you of stealing. Fair. Bruce Almighty was later, though. Bruce Almighty was... I am so sorry. This should be to end the podcast. Bruce Almighty was 2003. So I was very much in high school. Thank you very much. You were 14. In high school. Very much alive. Been <laughs> using That's the way the cookie crumbles. Before that... No way I can prove it. No way you can judge me. Back to you, Smarts. Make sure to check the doobly-doos for this podcast or any of the other podcasts that we do uh, for links to all the social medias and all that stuff. There will also be links to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash rawandorderwbu, or our merch store at shop.spreadshirt.com slash rawandorderwbu. Um, I've been thinking about it. Anyone who uh, follows me on the TikTok, I... I don't post a ton, but I do post some. Um, but if if you follow me on TikTok, you already know what I look like. You know I've got a beard. Uh, I think if by the end of this month we can get 10 more Patreon subscribers, I will right now say this. I will style my beard like NWO Hulk Hogan. I will bleach it. I will darken it. I will do the whole thing. 
10 Patreon subscribers by the end of the month. That's the challenge. Ooh. I'm going to go on side note. I also have a beard, and I will be Fat Jeff Hardy if we get that. <laughs> Bad Ten Jeff. additional Patreon subscribers. <laughs> so there we go. I will be Fat Jeff Hardy for a TikTok, and then I will shave off my beard because I can't be Fat Jeff Hardy at work. And I will just make a TikTok of me laughing at how they look. <laughs> right now, I will um, spend some time trying to figure out how to get this uh, hot mess filter to actually work. You found it, though, huh? Yeah. It doesn't work for me right now. Probably. It's 100% Chelsea Green's uh, Yeah, it's character. her gimmick. Yep. It's her gimmick. Did, yep. did uh, he, like, create the filter? Or, like, how did yeah. he... Uh, Matt Cardona created the filter, yes. Are you being sarcastic, or he did? I'm no, dead serious. It says, Hot, Hot Mess, mess by Matt from Cardona. The Matt Cardona. And the uh, example is him performing it. Followed <laughs> by Chelsea Green, followed by Jesse and Cat, or and Cat, sorry, Cassie and Jess. All of them. Do. But for some reason or other, on my phone, it's not currently working, and I don't know how. I do not know. Anyways, um, but yeah, links to all of our stuff is in the doobly doos. Challenge to you guys: uh, get us some Patreon subscribers, and I will do the NWO Hulk Hogan. Um, and my wife will hate me for it, but I will do it for you guys. Yeah, you'll have to shave it off afterward, bud. Oh no, yeah. he's <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll shave down to the goatee and then and then I don't know, just remove the, the goatee back to regular color or something. But yeah. I will do it. I will keep it for or at a least a month. Ooh, yeah, I won't keep I won't keep fat hardy for fat Matt, fat hardy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's another character for Matt Hardy to be. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I won't be fat Jeff Hardy for a month. On that note, I think we are running off the rails here. So let's go oh, ahead absolutely. and close the book on the wrestling booking unit. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. Let's talk about wrestling. <laughs>